They all slumbered and slumbered. And at midnight there was the cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. If I could this morning, I want to preach on this thought. Ready or not, we're heading to a wedding. Amen. Glory to God. Whether or not we're ahead to a wedding. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house one more time. God, I pray this morning, Lord, that you'd fill me. God, that you'd use me, Lord, that you'd anoint me. God, to preach the word of God. Lord, I can't do this on my own. Lord, I don't want to try. So God, please bring to my mind and my heart the things that I've studied. God, the things that you've spoke to me. God, do a work here. Lord, if there's one lost, I'm begging to save them today before they can walk out of this building, Lord. I pray they'd have a head-on collision with the Lord Jesus Christ. God, do a work in the saints' heart. And Lord, for what you do, we'll thank you and praise you now. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Ready or not, we're ahead to a wedding. By way of introduction, may I say it is here in our text where we find the Lord Jesus has begun to expound upon the kingdom of heaven. The Bible lets us know when he begins to expound upon this matter that the Bible lets us know he uses a parable in the likeness of which it shall be in that final day. Within our text this morning, we find the Lord Jesus tells of ten virgins and Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Five were ready, the Bible said. Therefore, they're counted as wise. And the five foolish were not prepared. And therefore, they're pronounced as foolish. And may I say, when I began to look at this and study this, I ran across some things in my study. I feel like I want to tell you this morning, just by way of introduction, I want to let you know that God's not just speaking off the top of his head when he uses these ten virgins. It is said this is a custom uh, that was sometimes used among Jews uh, 
on that occasion that the bridegroom came and attended with his friends late in the night then to the house of the bride where she was expecting him and was attended with her bridesmaids. Now listen, Jewish custom, who upon notice given of the bridegroom's approach were to go out with lamps in their hands uh, to light him into the house for the ceremony and formality in order to celebrate the wedding with the great uh, with the great two. Uh, can I say this morning, Jewish uh, custom even uh, understood this parable as they would send those ten virgins out uh, to light the way, if you will, for the bride and the bridegroom uh, uh, to come together in marriage. Uh, uh, may I say this morning in this parable that uh, the bridegroom is none other than the Lord Jesus. I need y'all to help me right there. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it clearly in this parable displays his love for the bride and his and he is as faithful and committed to his bride as any man could ever be. May I say this morning, this day, this wedding, you better hear me now, it will show up sooner than later. Can I say it here in our text? Undoubtedly, we find that someday soon, listen, we're heading to a wedding. My friend, as each day passes by, this old world grows darker and darker. But the light and the love of the Lord Jesus, as this world grows darker, His love and His light shines brighter. May I say you can mark her down. I need you to hear me now. It could be today that we're heading to a wedding. It could be today that the trump of God will sound and the voice of the archangel and the Bible said the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be called up. And I tell you this morning, ready or not, we're heading to a wedding. If I could, I want to preach on that thought. This morning, ready or not, we're heading to a wedding. Number one, I want you to see in your Bible for this wedding that there is a, number one, a conditional requirement. There is a conditional requirement. Now stay with me. We'll get preaching in a minute. Look in verse number one. The Bible said, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten what? Unto ten virgins. There. If you're going to head to this wedding, there is a conditional requirement. That that, that those ten were not just uh, ten anybody's, uh, but they were ten virgins. In other words, uh, they were pure. Are you following me? Uh, May I say it is here that we learn uh, of ten virgins. And these ten virgins uh, illuminate the purity uh, of the bride. Can I say, my friend, uh, uh, hear me now, until you got born again, uh, uh, you were filthy and corrupt uh, and defiled and unacceptable unto Christ. And if you're not saved, I don't care how many good deeds you do. I don't care how many prayers you pray. I don't care how many charities you contribute to. Until the love of the 
the Lord Jesus and the blood of the Lord Jesus and the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus and the conversion of the Lord Jesus that gets down on the deep inside of you. My friend, you cannot be saved without Him. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth and the life and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. My friend, ready or not, there's a wedding that we're heading to and there's a conditional requirement. You must be pure. You say, preacher, how in the world could somebody be pure? It's our sin that separated us from the body of Christ. But by God's grace and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I may not look like much on the outside, but the old song said it best. But if you could see the inside instead, you'd find a brand new man because the old man is dead. I've been washed pure from my sin. I've been washed pure from my stains. I've been washed pure from my defilement. I've been washed pure from corruption. I understand, my friend, when we look at one another, we can't seem to look past all that. But glory to God, there's a throne and a mercy seat where the blood's been applied. And when the accuser of the brethren goes by and he brings up my name and he brings up your name if you're saved, that when God looks in the Lamb's book of life, he says, what sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. From the east to the west, they've all been washed out. I don't remember them anymore. There's not a good enough deeds and prayers and acts of kindness for you to get in. Hear me now. Ready or not, we're heading to a wedding. And there's a conditional requirement. You must be clean. And you must be pure and you must be saved. My friend, the modern churches of today are preaching a work salvation. They're promoting humanism. That's why you got they they'll take their church, put on a t-shirt, and do thousand acts of kindness in a week. Pat everybody on the back. I'm not against acts of kindness. I'm not against community service. I'm not against community outreach. But you hear me if that's what you're holding on to. Have to get to the pearly gates and to walk on streets of gold and to see walls of jasper and about the throne of the Lamb of God. My friend, you'll be shocked to know when you close your eyes in death or we head out to a wedding. That ain't going to cut it. But it took the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse you from my sin. Romans said it best. Romans 3.25 Whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sin. Romans 5, 9, much more that now being justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him. Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 2, 13, but now in Christ Jesus ye who were sometimes afar off were made now by the blood of Christ. Colossians 1.20 and having made peace through at the blood of his cross by him reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Hebrews 2.14 for as much as 
that the innocent children are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same. That through the death he might destroy him that had power over death. That is the devil. It's the blood. Hey, you can walk around defeated all you want. I've read the back of the book, friend. I'm not waiting to get on the other side to claim my victory. I'm a victor right now. At the moment that Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, it's the moment that all of hell, death, and the devil were defeated. You say, what in the world could I do to ever reach that conditional uh, that conditional requirement of purity? I'm going to tell you what you've got to do. You've got to stand under a fountain. There still is a fountain drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood will lose all their guilty stains. Hebrews 9, 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption. Hebrews 9, 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God Hebrews 10 19 having therefore brethren boldness to enter in into the holiness by the blood of Jesus Hebrews 13 12 before Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate 1 John 1 7 but if we walk in light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin Revelation 1 5 and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us with his own blood Revelation 5 9 they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof thou wast slain and redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. My friend, Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death. Revelation 19, 13, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name was called the word of God. My God in heaven, there is a way that seemeth right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of destruction. You can try to find your own way to this way. You can try to make your own reservation. You can try to write your name in the guest book. But you hear me and hear me. Well, there is but one way. And it's through the shed blood. I said, somebody ought to help me preach. It's through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, glory to His name. There is a conditional requirement, my friend, for every woman, boy, man, and girl to make it to that wedding. But because of his blood, I can say unapologetically that I've met the requirements. Oh, you think you're something, don't you know? I know I'm not anything, but I've met the requirements because I've met the Redeemer. Help somebody. I've made glory be a God. I measure it this morning uh, because I had a day where I made the mess uh, and washed away the snow and it took my sins uh, and it washed the big bugs. Uh, and glory to God, uh, I made the cows. Uh, I can call that 
Ain't you glad for a God that can take a twice-dip sinner, a sinner by nature, and a sinner by works? I was born a sinner, and I chose to sin. But glory to God, the Lamb of God came, and He washed my sin away, and He shed His blood, and He died on the cross, and He shed His blood, so I can meet the requirements. I'm ahead to a win because I've met the master. Oh, I've met the requirements because I met him. There's a conditional requirement. Ten virgins. You've got to be pure. The Bible said ain't no sin going to enter in over there. Huh? Ain't no sin going to enter in over there. You've got to be washed whiter than snow. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. How it makes me white as snow. Ain't no other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's a conditional requirement. Secondly, I want you to see there's a conscious readiness. There's a conscious readiness. Look in verse 1. Ready or not, we're heading to a wedding. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, there's your conditional requirement, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Right here's your conscience readiness. Verse number one, the Bible said they took their lamps and went forth. In other words, there were preparations that were made. Do you see that? May I say these ten virgins were well aware that there was a wedding coming. They knew that they were heading to a wedding. Therefore, they began making preparations for that day. May I say here in our text, all ten virgins. You've got to catch every word I'm saying. You'll miss something. All ten virgins grab their lamps uh, and the Bible said all ten go forth uh, my friend can I say I've never seen a wedding take place uh, uh, where the bride failed uh, to make preparations for that special day uh, may I say from the date that the wedding will be uh, to the decorations that will be uh, put out to right on down to the dress and uh, there, there, there are so many preparations to be made uh, uh, to get ready for that day uh, but when that day comes for them uh, uh, to go forth and the wedding bells are ringing and the bridegroom is awaiting them you better know that weeks before that day they've spent mighty uh, amount of time making preparation uh, the bride will spend all day long uh, uh, getting ready uh, fact is she starts earlier than anybody else she'll wake up and y'all have heard me preach this part before and she'll make sure her hair's in place and she'll make sure her makeup's just right and She'll make sure she ain't got nothing in her teeth and that she'll try her best, poor thing, uh, uh, to have good breath when she kisses him on the altar, helping somebody. Uh, she'll make sure her fingernails are just right and her toes and her rings are shining like a brand spanking new. I mean, she wants the best perfume. That uh, she does everything she can uh, to get ready for her groom. Uh, her shoes have been set aside. Her hair has just been freshly colored. Uh, my 
friend, uh, her dress has been altered. Uh, everything in the world that could take place uh, for her to be ready has taken place. Uh, all day long she finds herself uh, and trying to rid herself of flaws uh, and failures. Are you hearing me tonight? Uh, this morning, are you listening? Uh, she knows that she's heading to a wedding and she wants to find every impurity and every flaw in her that she can. She ain't going to get mad at her at her bridesmaid if her bridesmaid says uh, your hair looks awful. Uh, she's going to appreciate it because she don't want her hair to look awful. She ain't going to get mad at her mother. If her mother comes in and says your makeup's got to be redone. Uh, it don't look good. It's flawed. It's not right. It's the wrong color. She wants, are you following me, to be as perfect uh, as she can be uh, in preparation to meet her bridegroom. Uh, uh, you say, why would she want to be found flawless uh, before her groom? Uh, uh, because, my friend, this is the day she's awaited. Uh, this is a special moment. Uh, this is the only day in the uh, on the whole face of the earth that this lady and this man can come together in holy matrimony. Uh, may I say this morning, uh, and may I ask you a question this morning? Uh, uh, listen to me now. Why is it uh, the closer we get to our wedding day and the closer we get to the Lord Jesus uh, calling up the bride of Christ uh, that folks seem to get mad uh, and upset when the preacher starts preaching, telling them about their flaws, uh, pointing out their imperfections, uh, uh, calling their sin, sin, uh, uh, calling their lack of faithfulness, lack of faithfulness, uh, uh, calling it black and white. Uh, I've never in my life seen a day where people sit on the edge uh, of their seat waiting to get mad uh, because a preacher says you ought not do that uh, and you ought not go there. You say, what in the world has that got to do with anything? I'm going to tell you what God has put me in this pulpit for to remind you we're heading to a wedding. And the more the days grow by, the closer we're getting, the more somebody needs to listen, the more preparations you ought to be making to rid yourself of any sin, any spot, and any blemish. Why is it that the church in these last days when we're heading to a wedding seems to become so careless? Why is it that the bride of Christ seems to have little to no concern? I'll tell you why. Because they are blind to the reality that we're just a few seconds away from heading to a wedding. May I say we don't have long. My friend, the church is a heading to a wedding. And it's time to start making preparations. Quit worrying about this old world that's soon to fade away and start focusing on your wedding day. Are you hearing me? It's time to start preparing. It's time to look for flaws and failures. Ain't no, ain't no bride want to go forth and meet her husband when she's not taking time to prepare for him. By the way, you notice the Bible said in verse number one, with the Bible said those ten virgins, they took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Anybody ever walked in a, in a church to a wedding and the, and the wife had not walked down that aisle and walked towards her groom? You better hear me this morning. We ought to be marching towards the cross of Calvary. We ought to set our affections on things above and not things of this world. I want to be walking closer to him as he approaches the altar where we'll meet together in the air. You ought to walk close and towards the Lord Jesus as we're heading to a wedding. Amen. 
the sake of time, would you start preparing and live life with a conscious readiness in your heart? May I say this morning, spiritually speaking, I can almost hear the wedding bells ringing. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you don't think he's near? Go home. Turn on your news and see all the unrest in the Middle East. By the way, you better keep your eyes on Israel, friend. Oh, all the unrest and wars and rumors of wars and pestilence. And we're living in the days of Noah. And we're living in the days of Lot. My God. I mean, I know it seems like a dead horse. You've heard it so much. But my Lord in heaven. I mean, we can't even figure out what blessed bathroom that we're supposed to walk in. Listen to me. As this old world gets worse. And by the way, it's getting worse. And it gets worse. You better know, friend. Ain't not one thing gotta happen for God to look at the Son, for the Father to give the approval of the ceremony, and Jesus had to call out this bride. It couldn't be today. You better be ready. Amen. Couldn't be today. Now, I'm ashamed to say it, but the majority of Christians have been on a flesh-filled joy ride for the past for the past year and a half. Many of them before that, but this last year and a half revealed those who were just floating downstream. Come on, somebody. When the tide shifted and we started having to row the boat contrary, contrary, contrary to the flow, and we started having to paddle upstream, we found out who was with us and who wasn't. They were not. They went out from us, but they were not out of us. For if they'd been of us, There ought to be a conscious readiness in your heart. I don't know if you're here, but you ought to. I don't know if those of you here agree, but you ought to. I can feel something stirring on the inside of me. When I, I can feel it, I can feel it in my prayer. I can feel it in my prayer. God, the Holy Ghost, is doing things in me like He's never done. I can feel it when I begin to approach the, the, the condition of this world and the condition of men. I can feel it in my soul. I don't have long. May I say I don't have long and you don't have long. If you're not ready, if you've had, you better listen to what the soul no good for nothing. I'm educated. Preacher trying to tell you the wedding bells have started ringing and all of heaven standing to attention. The Lamb of God is fixing to meet His bride. We are fixing to head to be heading to a wedding. Conscious readiness number three. There is a contrary remnant. Look in verse two.
verse number 2. The Bible said five of them were wise of the ten virgins and five were foolish. <laughs> there's a contrary remnant. May I say there's an absence of a person here. What are you saying? Well, as you all know, all throughout the Bible... Let me read verse 3 and 4 to you. There's five wise, five foolish in verse 2. Verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Everybody see that? But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So you've got five wise and five foolish. Five of them's got oil to go along the journey in case the bridegroom tarries. Five of them are, are, are foolish. They didn't bring oil uh, in, in case the bridegroom cut back. They're not concerned. They're not looking at the big picture. And as you know, I said in Sunday school, oil all throughout the Bible is a type and a picture of the Holy Ghost of God. It is here in our text that we find uh, out of these ten virgins that only five had the oil in their lamps. That's why they're wise. And the other five had their lamps. And they were lit for a moment, but they didn't take oil with them to keep them lit. Therefore, they're called foolish. So in other words, 50% had the oil and 50% did not have the oil. Let me ask you a question. As I look around this church today, everybody appears to be carrying a lamp with a little light flashing in it. But here's the real question. Listen to me, friend. Which one of y'all has got the oil and which one of y'all ain't got the oil? Which one of y'all got the Holy Ghost? Ghost of God, which you only get when you get saved. Help somebody. Ain't got nothing to do with speaking in tongues. Ain't got, come on somebody. Don't make me bury the cloud. It ain't got nothing to do with, well, we know she got, oh Susie got the Holy Ghost because she started speaking at hogwash, hogwash, heresy out of hell. My friend, when God the Holy Ghost came by convicted you and you called upon Christ, he converted you then, that very moment the Holy Spirit of God uh, became the indweller of your son. He's your comforter, convictor, my friend. Uh, and we're saved uh, and sealed at the moment of conception. Amen. Don't make me dig down there now. I've been told. I've literally been told. You ever been given the gift of tongues? No, sir, I've not. Not that kind of tongues anyways. I've spoke some tongues that ain't the good ones, but not that kind. Huh? Man. You ain't filled with the Spirit then. Hogwash. Quit believing all this junk you hear at work. They'll confuse you. Read your Bible. Right. Right. Amen. Five of them had the oil. Five of them didn't. As I look around, everybody appears to be carrying their lamps because you're sitting in church. You're listening to preaching. You've sang the songs on the outside. Everybody looks pretty good to me. I mean, if I had to take an evaluation of who's going, I'd give it to about every one of you. I think most of you are going. But my friend, that don't matter to it don't amount to a hill of beans. It's not what's on the outside. The five foolish and the five wise looked identical, but only five had the oil. Can I say that's about the right? 
that's about the right statistics in Laodicean church age. I believe that about half our church is going and about half our churches ain't going. Help somebody. I believe this tonight, uh, uh, this morning, that just because you're sitting among men and women who have the oil claiming to be a part of the bride of Christ uh, does not mean you have the oil as well. You may ask, what's the big deal? Whether or not they had oil in their lamps. Look at verse 6. Uh, uh, the Bible said at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed uh, their lamps. Can I tell you this evening, uh, this morning, uh, uh, because without the oil, they could not find the path to the bridegroom. Uh, you better hear me and hear me well. The bridegroom's coming. We're heading to a wedding. He's coming in a midnight hour. And if you ain't got the oil, uh, you'll never find your way to him. Uh, if you ain't got the spirit of God, uh, if you've never been saved, you're not finding your way to him. You can stand up and wave your lantern all you want. Uh, but until you've got something on the inside of that vessel, uh, the light can never shine. You abide in darkness. Uh, you'll never make it to the wedding until you get filled uh, with the spirit of God and saved by marvelous grace. Amen. Verse number three. They had just enough oil to make their lamps burn for the present time, these five foolish. As if they intended to meet the bridegroom. How many of y'all would agree with me? I believe our churches are filled full of people that look the part. Look at verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps, took no oil with them. Look at verse 8. The foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. In other words, their lamps was burning. Yeah. Are you listening to me? But John, they had just enough oil for a little flame to flicker. Right. Just enough. They had a little bit of knowledge, you know, but denying the power thereof, a form of godliness. Yeah. See, when they walked through church, everybody thought they were part of the bride. Right. Because yeah. at that moment, see, when this all started, they were all, the five foolish was up there with the five wives, and they were all saying, This little light of mine, yeah. I'm going to let it shine. And if they was in a black church, yeah. help me somebody. Give me, give me, can I get a witness up here? Yeah. If they was in a black church, they said, Oh, oh, this little light of mine. Take with 
Didn't have no oil. I had enough to get it lit, but I didn't have enough to keep it lit. Yeah, right, preacher. Now, watch these people that jump in and jump out all the time. Right. 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 Watch them, right. right. You better watch them. Oh, yes. I'm telling you, you'll put your hope there. I've done it. Right, me too. Big bullseye right here on my forehead. Yeah, I got one. I find every faith they are. Yeah, come on, preacher. I'm telling you, I'm a moron magnet and I'm a hypocrite magnet. If they're mentally unstable or disabled, they find me. Y'all think I'm getting on to Harlan County? And I got found, son. Billy Gray, is that right? Billy Gray. He found me, son. I got pictures to prove it. Get with me, Seth. I'll show them to you. Harlan County. I don't know nobody in Harlan County. I'm getting out to go in uh, Cash Saver where, where Brother uh, Isaac worked because I'm dying first. And I'm walking in. Here comes some fella. No that no shirt. Butt crack. That must be butt crack hanging out. Biggest man boobs you've seen in your life. And he's got a hernia that big hanging out of his belly button. And I'm walking in. He says, What's up, dog? Cuz, that's what he said. I said, dog. He said, what's up, cuz? I said, what's up, dog? He said, I know you, man. I said, I'm sure you do. That was my exact reply. I knew it. I knew right then. He's, he's a whole box of crayon shy. So I knew he knew. The Holy Ghost said in my life, I'll tell you, they all find me. So I know you. I said, you probably do. I said, where are you from, home? You know, got you on the left. Oh, hell, Everett's man. I said, that's where my buddy's from. Who's your buddy? I said, Dax. He said, call me. <laughs> yeah, he said, where he at, cuz? I said, he's over here in his car, cuz. We go over there, he said, I don't even know what he's doing. He said, Y'all want to go fishing? <laughs> I said, I'm down, but I'm real thirsty. I'm going to get you something to drink. Next thing I know, he says, Man, I like you. He said, This is my preacher. He says, You cool, man. You a cool preacher. I said, You need to come to church. He says, I, he said, I can't, hey, man, he said, I'm from heaven. I can't go all the way to London. I said, Sure, you can. That's the brain. Yeah. I said, free ride every Sunday and Wednesday right there. Cause. Huh? Heavy truth, heavy forehead. Next thing I know, is sweaty man boots. One of them found their way in my hand. <laughs> Hand before heaven. And I done had a hold of it, so I just did a little scared. <laughs> and next thing I know, Billy Gray licked me in the ear. <laughs> and Dutch, Brother Dutch, got it all on camera. He squeezing his sweaty man boot and licking me in the ear. <laughs> My dad says this church ain't for everybody, that's why. You know what I did? I just enjoyed it. I thought, well, 
Meet a boring day. Love you, pal. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Well, I've said all that to get here. There's a whole bunch of people out there. They think they're all right. Yeah. Right. They've got a head knowledge, but then they never got here. Yeah. My friend, we're heading to a wedding. I got time to preach all this. I'm leaving out some good stuff, really. I really am. <clears throat> but they had just enough oil for the lamps to burn for the present time, but not to last. Can I tell you this? In the Old Testament, you'll find that there's a constant provision made of the oil for the light to burn in the temple constantly. Did you know that? Did you know that the, that the candle, the light, was, was to burn in the temple always. In Exodus chapter number 35, yeah. verses number 11 through 14, the Bible said that the temple, or the tabernacle, his tent, his covering, his takes, boards, bars, pillars, sockets, the ark, staves thereof, with the mercy seat, the veil of the covering, the table, staves, vessels, showbread, and the candlestick also for the light, and his furniture, and his lamps, with the oil for the light. Can I say, it was God will. Listen to me now. Let's get back on track. For the light in the temple to always remain on. And the only way the light could stay was the oil for the lamps. The same oil uh, that we're talking about here. May I say that things have turned. We're not living in that dispensation any longer. Uh, but the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 What? Know ye not your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. Which you have God of God and ye are not your own. For ye have been bought with a price. That Therefore, listen to me, what you do in your body matters. Here's why. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Why is it important for you and I to keep our bodies submitted and subject to His will? I'm going to tell you why. Because God don't never want the light to go out in the temple. And we are in the temple. You're not your own. You've got to get over this mentality that this is my life. I'm going to do it my way. If you're saved, sucker, it ain't your life. It ain't your life. And it ain't even your body. You've been bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus. You are the temple. And without the oil, you cannot keep the light burning. Yeah, right. Bible foolish and had no oil. What's it matter? Why does he preach on all that stuff? I mean, what's it in his business? What Come on now. we do? Let me tell you something. You got, <coughs> excuse me, you became a member of this church? Yes, sir. <coughs> excuse me again. You got under yes. the covenant agreement. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. God and this local church. That's Amen. right. Are you listening? Amen. I can't control what all you guys do out there, and I'm not going to try. That's right. I tried to figure all that out in my early years, but I killed myself. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Laying in the hospital talking to myself. I ain't doing it again. Y'all are driving me crazy again. Right. I ain't late. Right. You want to act the fool out there? Good riddance. Right. But when you come in here, you better mark her down. I'm going to expose your sin. I'm going to preach to you righteousness. 
I'm going to tell you uh, what you need to hear. If you don't like it, you can lump it or bump it or jump it, friend. Uh, but I've got a responsibility to hear as long as your name uh, is on the membership roll. Sure, sure. I'm going to give an account for your soul. I'm going to give an account for the way you act. I'm going to give an account for the way you have the things you do. Uh, in these four walls, I have a God in heaven to answer for. If I see a problem and I don't try to help you uh, and I don't address it, I don't call sin, sin, uh, and wrong, wrong. Uh, not only am I doing you an injustice, uh, but I'm casting judgment on my own self. Uh, uh, for I'll stand before God uh, and give the account my friend. Uh, I'm trying to tell you guys, man, what you do in this old body. Because this body is the temple of God. And you all must stay right to burn. Got me filled. Be not drunk with wine. Learn in Texas, but be filled with the oil or the yes. spirit. Amen. Fourth, got to move on. I'm skipping a bunch. I want you to see not only all that, but there's a complacent rest. I preach from this passage many times. I preach this all over the place. This is my first message, Lord, and I'm getting out of this text. It's written on Smoky Mountain Fair. First message I'm getting, still doing. The bearing bride. Right. See the purity, the preparation, the position. You find the bridegroom. You see the, those borrowing, those bought, the bond, the begging and the beckoning. It's a good outline. You preacher you need to take a picture of that, maybe have something to preach on. Right. <laughs> Amen. Your mind. That's right. Amen. I mean, it is. It works. But I found out something this week, and I feel stupid to even tell you this. But I'm, I overlook things just like you do. I've always preached them five foolish into hell and back. They ain't got no oil. They're foolish. They, they have no regard. I mean, they're senseless. They act like they're part of the bride. I mean, they know good and well. They ain't got what it takes to make it to the wedding. I've always threw them into hell for whatever reason. This week God said, chill out a second, Josh. That's okay. He said, it wasn't just the five foolish that messed up. Look with me in verse 5. Let me read verse 3 to you again and 4. They that were foolish took their lamps, took no oil with them. Idiot. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Genius. But then verse 5 comes. While the bridegroom tarried, they all. Huh? Don't know how in the world I missed that for 10 years. Brother Carlos, I know that seems so petty, but I missed it. The preacher says 18. 19, 18, 19, 19, July 13th, I think it was, when I was 19 years old, so I've preaching almost 10 years. My goodness, that's right. Yeah. 90 years. Going on my kid. Yeah. And Brother Shelby, I've never seen verse 5. I've seen it, but I didn't see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How many times you look at something in that Bible and you don't see it? Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. This week I was studying that and God said, hold on. Them five foolish, give them a hard way to go. I want you to see something. 
Not only is there a contrary remnant, they're divided in five wise, five foolish, but now, all of a sudden, we see a complacent rest. The Bible said, and they, and while the bridegroom tarried, in other words, he hadn't came yet, they all slumbered and slept. This is a complacent rest. This means that even those who are going to make it to the wedding are fast asleep while waiting on their bridegroom. You tell me a bride on a wedding day that's going to sleep in, not get up, brush her teeth, put her makeup on, fix her hair, go down to church, get everything ready. She's going to sleep in and then when they call her on her cell phone, say, hey, wait, it starts 15 minutes. I'm on my way and be okay. I ain't had a word. But you know, we're living in Brother Dax. We're living in a day and hour. I've always preached this five foolish, but I'm here to tell you something. I pastor a church and have done it long enough to know even in our place, there are people you've got to owe. Your lantern's going to burn from now till you go to the wedding because you've got the real thing. But if you're not careful, you'll become complacent. You've heard he's coming so long, you don't even believe it anymore. And you'll fall into a slumber and a sleep in the time that the bridegroom tarries. That word slumber, you know what it means? It means to sleep lightly. It means to dwell in a state of negligence. It means to be slothful, lazy, or inactive. Y'all better get loud right here. I'll bear down. I promise you I will. Some of y'all ain't asleep yet. I'm not a prophet nor some a prophet. Hear me though. You will be if you keep doing what you're doing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We tell you about something about slumbering. Slumbering will always lead you to sleep. It will. Slumbering's a light sleep. It's a it's a dwelling place of negligence. It is to be slothful, lazy, or inactive. Let me ask you something. I'm not being mean. I'm being pastor. Let me ask you something this morning. When is the last time you can look at your own life and say, hey, I've been busy for him? Come on, preacher. Good question. You think you're busy for him because you show up at church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday? That's your bare necessity. Yes, sir. That's the minimum. You think you're busy because you spend time with him on a daily basis? And some of y'all sitting here today, you know I'm telling the truth. We have spent time with him since the last Sunday when he was here. Come on, so we ain't praying. Look at it, it's all right. I'm not mad at you. I'm just telling the truth, and that we like truth. You know what you are? You want two things. You're either slumbering, you're knocking off on God, or you're going to sleep. I got to think about the disciples. The Lord fixes to go. I know I've been preaching a little bit. Just chill out a minute. The Lord fixes to go to the cross. Right. And he's in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, All right, boys, Peter, James, and John, I'm going to go up here and pray. While I'm going, I want you to pray. Yes, sir, Lord, you got it. I mean, if you can't count on nobody, you can count on us. Yeah. Look here, we got our lanterns. We got a bottle of oil right here. Look here. Just in case the light goes out, we, we're ready, Lord. All right. Keep it up. Occupy till I come. Shut that. Bible says it goes away one hour. Right. Brother John had 60 minutes. The Lord Jesus comes back. What are they doing, Brother Chris? 
He's fixing to die on the cross for the sin of the whole world, including us. He asked them to have a one-hour parody. Right. And they're asleep on God. Oh, yeah. You better know something. If them disciples who are dwelling with the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, can't stay awake but one for an hour while Jesus tells them to pray, you better know 2,000 years later when we're all walking, living, and occupying by faith that the church, hear me, the church, the bride is fast asleep. Amen. Amen. Why can't we see revival? We're snoozing, waiting on God. You wouldn't be a sleeper, inactive slumber, and inactive lazy or slothful. If you really listen to me, if you really believe he's coming, right. could come today, you wouldn't be kicked back letting life go by. Right. You wouldn't quit, you wouldn't quit petting that secret sin yours. Right. Come on, somebody. Amen. You wouldn't keep going back to your same old, same old, same old. Pray and not mean it and go back to your sin. Pray and not mean it and go back to your sin. Pray and not mean it and go back to your sin and blame it on your flesh. It ain't your flesh. It's you. My you never repented of it. If you repented of it, you wouldn't keep on back petting things. Yeah. Oh, Come on, somebody. When you repent, you turn away from it. Yes. By the way, repentance is not a prayer. It's a position. Repent. We've got this ideology in our churches. Uh, we take 1 John 1 9 and run circles in sin and shout the victory on Sunday morning. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just. You better know he is. But in other words, here's what not what he's just saying. Don't just tell him what you've done. Tell him and turn from it. He's faithful and just forgive you. Have you seen and cleanse you from all righteousness? Oh, yes. You ain't repenting when you keep returning. Somebody ought to help me. I gotta move on. This mentality's infected our Christians today. Yes, sir. Complacency. You know what I think the cancer of Christianity is? Complacency. Well, you know, Brother Josh, I ain't missed a service. Last six or seven months. I'm gonna tell you what a buddy used to tell me growing up. You want a cookie or a brownie? Yeah. Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to be ugly or smart aleck. I'm just asking you. Being here is good. I'm glad you are. I'm not making light of it, but there's so much more to being the bride of Christ than being at church. You ought to live day in and day out preparing to meet your bridegroom. Complacent rest. Complacent rest. Oh, friend. May I say when that trumpet sounds? Yes. <laughs> when that trumpet sounds, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna cause you to worship, it's gonna cause you to wake. Right. Some of y'all fast asleep on God. When that trumpet sounds, it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah. Y'all ever been in a, laying in bed and something scared the bejeebies out of it? <laughs> yeah. I was laying in bed last night trying to go to bed. Y'all ever just feel something? Felt something close to me. Yeah. I was like, I'm about out and I can feel it. I went, who's Amy? Sarah and I looked at him. <laughs> I jumped two foot high. I said, I can just feel his presence. 
Take my hoe and she's sitting there going, looking at me. Zion, what are you doing? She's laying there. I said, my God, woman, you scared me to death. You can't sleep when you hold me. I said, yeah, get over here. I hold you if you'll kill me. Give me a heart attack. I pooped on myself, lady. Get over here. If I kill you. Hold me. I'm going to hold you by the throat if you do that again. That's what's going to happen to the Lord. It sounds that trumpet. Christians, we're, you know the Bible said when these saints begin to come to pass, they end look up. We ought to be looking for them. Yeah. I've met these people. I'll say them in church. Brother Zach said this to me once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your posture, Zach. And their perspective is way wrong. <laughs> but that's sitting over there one time. I didn't get on two. Poor fella, he didn't get three hours sleep the whole week. I'm two hours, two to five, working. Five or six nights. He's sitting over there going, Amen. <laughs> and he leans back down. That's good preaching. <laughs> and then he, you know Glory to God! The man just go to bed. That's what some Christians are doing right now, but it's good. You just go to sleep, but when it gets real good, like a big congregational, hey man! <laughs> One of these days, God's going to sound that trumpet, and you're going to wet the bed. You ain't ready? You ain't ready? I'm closing. I know y'all been waiting on them words, ain't you? There was a cry rendered in verse 6 and 7. I might come back to this and actually preach it Wednesday night. Maybe. Maybe not. But in verse number 6, the Bible said that at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. There's a cry rendered. At midnight there's a cry. Just like we've always seen or read and heard about. It's in that midnight hour. First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 4 said, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have uh, no need that I write unto you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, they shall not escape. Look here, verse 4. But be ye brethren, but ye brethren are not in darkness, that ye should that the day should overtake you as a thief. In other words, the coming of the Lord, the, the rapture of the church, it ought not catch us off guard. Right. He said, I'll give you the light that you be not caught like a thief in the night. Listen, in other words, if you've got the lights on, the thief's going to stay away. If your light's shining before men like it ought to be, your oil's burning, you're standing to attention, you're saluting your captain, you're waiting for your invitation, your call to head to a wedding, it ain't going to shock you when he comes. There's a cry rendered. You got time to preach it. There's a chaotic rush. You can tell I've had all week to study this because I've, I've got 25 things to say. There's a chaotic rush. Verse 8 and 9. I'm just hitting these and, and we're done. And the fool said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answer saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you rather than to sell them by yourself. You talk about a chaotic rush, friend. When he says, Come up hither. I begin to think about this. Churches will be left 
full of people sitting on their pews. How did you feel this morning? And we was right in the middle of service and all of a sudden about 15 of us disappeared and there's a handful of you left sitting here. Chaotic rush. Cars will be empty with their crews set on 80. Come on, somebody. Listen, airplane pilots are going to disappear from the cockpit. Doctors and nurses right in the slack middle of open heart surgery. Well, that's, there it goes that. Chaotic. Chaotic. Man, I say I don't think we can fully wrap our minds around the kind of chaos that when this when the bride leaves, that'll leave this world with. May I say these five foolish represent those who knew to prepare. They'd heard the truth. They'd heard Jesus coming back. But they did not regard it. They did not have the oil. And when the cry was made, they were left in a state of chaos. Amen. Let me tell you something, Brother Chris. When the rapture takes place, churches will fill to the brim. Amen. But it'll be too late. Altars will be stained with tears and covered with people. Prayers will be prayed. Oh, but my friend, this day, this we're heading to one, it's going to be 